It's Live in the Bream with the host of Fox News Sunday, Shannon Bream. Welcoming back to Live in the Bream today, one of my all-time favorite guests, authors, pastors, speakers. I say this every time, and it's true. He's the most encouraging human being I know. Uh, Max Lucado joins us. Um, he is a pastor at Oak Hills Church in San Antonio, and he has the best social media. If you need encouragement, if you need to be reminded about how much God loves you, whatever you're walking through, you just need to pick me up in your day. Pastor Max Lucado is there. Thank you for being with us. Welcome back. Oh, thank you, Shannon. Thank you so much. Um, hope you're doing well. It's terrific to hear your voice. I am. And that's in part because you're on my Instagram feed. So I always <laughs> know I'm going to get a good dose of encouragement there. And I really appreciate that. I know that we've talked about during COVID that you really ramped up what you were offering out there. It, and it puts so much truth and goodness into the world. And so I'm glad that it continues. Thank you for that. Well, I I, um, I appreciate that, and I appreciate what you do right there on the front lines and the way that uh, you bring such uh, clarity to so many tough topics today. It uh, it really, really means a lot. And there are some terribly tough topics these mm-hmm. days, so such hostility, controversy, and we need your uh, clear thinking to, to help us navigate these paths. Well, thank you very much. Um, I feel very blessed in that. As part of my work, you know, Fox started this book label a few years ago, and so I've got my newest book out, and you've agreed to come talk about one of my favorite stories in this book. The book is The Love Stories of the Bible Speak, and it's not just the romantic stories, which are interesting in the Bible, and there's some messy ones, and there's some good ones, just like all the stories (laughs) of the Bible, Um, but I wanted to include friendships, too, because I think sometimes they don't get enough attention and thanks for what they really mean in our lives, and there are beautiful friendships in the Bible that are real, and there are disagreements, and there our hurt feelings and um but the beauty of that community and how we can support each other and so you we are going to talk about today Shadrach Meshach and Abednego so I'll just give a little setup here that these were these were young men these were Hebrew men who were taken away um off to Babylon after King Nebuchadnezzar had laid siege to Jerusalem. And they're seen as very impressive. So the king wants to put them into his service, which means changing their name, changing their culture, changing their food, all the things that gave them their identity. Um, And of course, wanting them to worship a different God. And yet Daniel and his friends from the beginning are unwilling to compromise. What does their story say to you? I think... uh... The story helps us answer the question, uh, how do we live with integrity and have influence in our culture when our culture doesn't share our same values? Uh, We are a minority in a secular society. Uh, We really are a lone voice. As I was reading your chapter, it made me uh, think about a funny occasion. Years and years ago, I went to Boston to for some kind of speaking gig i can't remember what it was after i did my part on a friday uh, i wasn't scheduled to fly home till saturday so afterwards i went to a boston celtics basketball game it was the final season of the old boston gardens i'd wanted to see it when i was a kid besides shannon they were playing the san antonio spurs so I I i took my seat and i realized I'm the only Spurs fan in the crowd. Uh-oh. And, and I, I, I thought, <laughs> you know, do I yell? Do I contain myself? And But by the end of the first quarter, I was letting out 
these solo war hoops every time the Spurs would would <laughs> score, and people would turn and look at me. Uh, you know, it it illustrates really where we are as as people, uh, as as believers in Christ in our society. Uh, these are secular days. Uh, this is a secular society. It's a it's a society that, while decent. Many people, most people, law-abiding, tax-paying, uh, but many people have just simply chosen to check out when it comes to spiritual matters. And so, your story uh, about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Babylon uh, as as captives uh, really shows us how to live in a culture that's hostile to our deepest convictions. Mm-hmm. And one of the first problems that they faced was there was sort of this eating regimen of all the wines yeah. and meats and foods and things that were for the best of the best. This is for the people in the king's service. And yet these young men said, it's been offered to idols. That's not our God. We're not going to eat it. And Daniel goes to try to make the case for them. And the guy who's overseeing all of them is worried that they're going to get malnourished and, and not look good. And he's going to get blamed for not making sure that these people are the best of the best. And Daniel goes to him with an offer and says, let us just have water and vegetables and not any of this food that's offered to the idols and give us a period of time and let's see what happens at the end of that. And, um, you know, there was worry that it wasn't going to go well. You know, it seems like Daniel and his friends seemed pretty good about it. But here's what we're told in Daniel 1. At the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. To these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. So... They are going to be faithful later in really big things, but this was one of the mm. smaller things. And from the beginning, they stuck together uh, as friends and to their faith. Mm. And, and and what tact, you know, they used. Um, I suppose the the four young men could have, uh, you know, gone on strike or, or seen themselves as martyrs and just walked out and died for their faith and, you know, considered it to be a very noble act. But they... Daniel had the tact of coming up with a, what's a good word, Shannon, a, a posture of negotiation. <laughs> saying, let, a te- let, let, let Just test me and see if I'm not a better person, uh, you know, because I do this. And, and there's a lesson in there uh, for those of us who find ourselves as as members of a minority in a secular society. We, we don't have to throw a stink about everything uh we don't have to become unlikable uh we can carefully present our position uh, in a in a fashion that's respectable respectable of our we don't have to walk out of on professors you know we don't have to uh be angry and and uh and always uh complain about you know the government or the corporation. We can just do our best, just do our best. And really, we are a test. We're saying, look at our lives, uh, look at our marriages, look at our health, look at the way we get our jobs done, our bills paid, and see if this isn't a lifestyle that is uh, advantageous, an asset to the organization. Yeah, and it takes some courage. And I love that they it probably... Does 
found some of that in each other. I mean, when we have mm-hmm. a community or other people to stand with, that's always encouraging. We're not always going to have that, but we see that in the very early church about how people, um, for their own lives, they had to do things in an underground matter. They had to stick together. They had to trust each other. Um, and that's such, to me, an encouragement in my life to have those friends who I know aren't going to bend, um, that we are going to have each other's backs. And just taking great encouragement from that. So these guys had to do that over and over again. Uh, There was a time when the king was very upset about uh, a dream he had, and he wanted somebody to interpret it. Um, But what he wanted was for, to, to test these wise men and these, you know, soothsayers and these people, he wanted them to be able to tell him what the dream was and then interpret it. And they're all saying, mm-hmm. like, there's no way this can happen. And the king is furious. He's going to have all of the wise men killed. And, I mean, that could have included Daniel and his friends. I mean, mm-hmm. they were part of this um, group. And so um, Daniel and his friends decide that they're going to pray and and ask God to re- reveal to them um, what this would be. And they do gather and pray together, and Daniel is then able to go to the king miraculously with all of the answers to his questions. Again, we see these guys sticking together, praying together, and God answering that favorably. Hmm. Boy, there's a message in that. Um, Something about before you panic, call on your friends and pray. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe maybe this is the reason that, that God invented text messaging (laughs) (laughs) there's got to be something good there right (laughs) there's got to be something good you know maybe uh instead of reacting with anxiety or fear you've got a circle of people to whom you turn anytime these issues surface and maybe it's even a coded message uh you know we're going to pray for one another and you tap out pray for me and and those three or four people immediately know uh what what's going on because you have built a circle of trust with them you know you think about it jesus took peter james and john with him into the garden of gethsemane mm-hmm. uh and he he asked them sit there and pray for me and uh they didn't do a very good job they fell asleep <laughs> i feel but, like i but, might have been guilty of that yeah you know like this all night yeah. watch and i feel like you we all want to think like oh i wouldn't have fallen asleep you know, like I wouldn't be Peter, but I bet most of us would have struggled a little bit. Shannon, I'm curious in in your career, have you uh, in the different places where you've worked in in your career, have you been able to find people of kindred spirit in each uh, level or each area in which you found yourself? Yeah, I, you know what I find that that it's almost like you can spot each other. I, yeah. I think if you can you can see yeah. like, oh, this is somebody who's on the same, you know, faith path with me. Um, the thing I've really um, that struck me is that each place that I've been, um, you know, sometimes my office turns into a counseling center. <laughs> I think people mm-hmm. will come by in really tough moments of life. And even if they aren't people of faith or they don't um, have an understanding, but they'll say, I know that you pray. And will you pray for the situation, for this mm. diagnosis or for this, you know, um, loss in my life or whatever's happening? And I just find that really humbling. And I feel like what a, a wonderful assignment that hopefully people can see that if they're in crisis, um, that there is something hopeful there for them. So I found um, other believers. Yeah, wherever I've been. I, and I think that, um, you know, hopefully we we are easily spotted and, and there to serve other people. Mm-hmm, 
When I was in high school, uh, there was a, a, a girl in our, our class. The contact, I, I spent more time bowing before the keg of Coors in my high school Uh-oh. years than I did before <laughs> bowing before Christ. I was not the kind of guy any dad would want their daughter to go out with. And uh, there was a wonderful uh, young lady in our class who really had a deep faith. Uh, she kept a Bible in her locker, but she never hit us over the head with it. But she just lived out her faith. And, and we actually even, and I'm very, very ashamed to admit this, but we made fun of her. Mm-hmm. We made fun of her. And um, uh, at our high school graduation, uh, she was asked to lead a prayer, and I was asked to lead a prayer. I do not know why I was Uh-oh. asked to lead How a prayer. Uh-oh, how did that happen? Uh, um, you know, Shannon, I wrote my prayer and I taped it to the inside of my hat. It wasn't a very sincere prayer, you know, so that when I took my hat off, I could read the prayer. And when she prayed, I still remember how it seemed like she was really praying from the heart. Mm-hmm. And um, I never saw her again. I never saw her. Again. Maybe she's listening to this podcast. I never saw her again. But about three years later is when I decided I felt the Lord calling me home, calling me off that prodigal path. And, you know, I remembered her. I thought about her. Uh, she would, her, her willingness to live out her faith in the middle of our little you know, high school society uh, where she was alone inspired me. It, it inspired me. Mm-hmm. Just like the story of these men in, in Babylonian captivity living out their faith still inspires us to this day. Mm-hmm. And so thank you for living out your faith. Thank her for living out her. Because you never know when someone's going to remember your story. And that will be enough to inspire them. Uh, that Your courage will be contagious and, and they will catch it. Yeah. Well, thank you. And I, I feel like I've looked around to people like that in my life, too. Um, I talk about him. I, I invoke his name a lot. But Dr. Um, Robbie George, professor up at Princeton, he talks about that, like courage. We all know that courage is um, contagious, that you put it out there, but he's like, but you got to be courageous. Like, you can't just say like, oh, look at that person over there. I really admire them. You've got to like, nope, you know, sometimes you have to be the first one or that you have to look around and join somebody else who is doing something courageous. We'll have more Live in the Bream in a moment. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, read a book, show up for a friend? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash bream today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash bream. So listen, after Daniel, they pray, he has this revelation, he's able to go to the king and explain everything. And Nebuchadnezzar, it says, was so impressed that he fell prostrate before 
Daniel and paid him honor, he said to Daniel, surely your God is the God of the gods and the Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries, for you were able to reveal this mystery. So he's giving credence to the fact that, you know, these Hebrew men that we've taken away from Jerusalem, their God is the real God. And yet it's not long later that we read that he set up this big golden idol. And when music plays, everybody's supposed to stop and they're supposed to worship this thing. And, you know, I suspect there were people who were not big fans of Daniel and his friends. And they pointed out that these guys weren't doing it and that they wouldn't do it. And so the king is furious. Now, after he's recognized that their God is the God, um, he's really angry. And so the punishment is essentially being thrown into this blazing furnace. If anybody knows the story, that's the part of it you probably know. And um, he says, you know, I'm going to throw you in this furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? We know it was heated up so hot that the people who threw the men in, they themselves died. And I love, love, love what these men say before they face that furnace. They say, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter because they're not going to bow down to the false God. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. So they get Give God full credit and say, I know he can do anything he wants to do and save us from this. But even if he doesn't, acknowledging sometimes what we pray for, a healing or a redemption or some answer is not the way God chooses to work. I'm not going to turn around and abandon him and serve your false gods. And we sometimes have those moments of our lives that are really difficult where we're praying to a certain end, but but also having to acknowledge that God may choose something else else i mean how do we walk through that well it's it's more than a bumper sticker statement that prayer is not asking god to do what we want but prayer is asking god to do what is right and that's what was practiced here by shadrach meshach and abednego uh, i think this text that you read daniel three sixteen through 18 is one of the great examples of sovereignty in the whole bible Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, like you said, they knew God's ability. They knew God's power to rescue them, yet they did not make their allegiance to God contingent upon a positive answer to their prayer. Mm -hmm. They just trusted him to do what was right. It's it's very common uh, for me as a pastor to talk to people who are dealing with disappointments with God because they said, well, we asked God to do this and he didn't do it. And so I wonder uh, if he is a good God or if he exists. What they've done is they've they've made a positive answer to their prayer uh, the test for God's either existence or, or God's goodness. Uh, but God, he owes us nothing. He's, he's sovereign. Uh, he's absolute. He's authoritative. Yes, he wants to hear our prayers. And yes, we partner with him. And in a sense, reign with him in this sovereign act when we pray but ultimately it's thy will be done not mine and what we heard from jesus in the garden of gethsemane is really what we hear from the three uh, men in babylonian captivity yeah so they from there do walk into that fire they're thrown into that fire and what the king sees is that they're in there um we're told he leaped to his feet in amazement 
weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They saw a fourth, um, which many people believe was God himself or Christ. They're mm-hmm. walking with them. And when they came out, not a hair of their heads was singed. Their robes were not scorched. There was no smell of fire even on them. And um, they were trusting and they walked into that knowing that it could have been their lives in the balance, but they did so faithfully and they did so together. Um, And listen, in that case, again, Nebuchadnezzar had a chance to see like, this is the real God. He's revealed dreams. He saved them from a fiery furnace. Um, What a witness because of the strength and faithfulness of these friends. Mm. And what a picture that the uh, divine appearance uh, of, I, I agree with you. I think Jesus was in the fire with them. Uh, you know, we make a mistake when we limit the appearances of Jesus to, to Bethlehem and beyond. Uh, Jesus was with Joshua near Jericho. It seems like he was with the Hebrews right here in the fire. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, chosen before the creation of the world. So he's not restricted to generations or limited to seasons. Uh, I think that's him standing in the fires with the friends in Babylon. And that's just a powerful promise for us, isn't it, Shannon? Mm-hmm. That if we if we stand up for God, he will stand in the fire with us. Absolutely. So it's just one of the many beautiful stories of friendship in the Bible and one of the ones we chose for my new book, The Love Stories of the Bible Speak. Um, Max, thank you so much for coming on to talk about this. I want to make sure people know how to find you and what you're up to as you put all of this encouraging truth into the world. I know that you've got a new online Bible study that's actually from the Holy Land, which I think is going to be amazing. Yeah, yeah, we uh, we're really happy about that, and the response to it's been very, very positive. It's an online Bible study uh, called "In the Footsteps of the Savior," and it includes messages that uh, I recorded on a trip to Israel, uh, on location at different places like the Sea of Galilee or the the Garden Tomb. And so if anyone wants to go through that Bible study, it's absolutely free. They can go to maxlocato.com and uh, use that for, the you know, six weeks or so. I think it's a six or seven week Bible study. And a, a person could go there and download the curriculum, download the videos and have it as a, a regular devotional go to uh, for a period of time. Well, I can't even keep up with you, and I'm so glad every time I see a new book, a new study, something from you, or like I said, just following you on Instagram for daily encouragement. Um, Pastor Max Locato, thank you for everything um, that you do to encourage the rest of us, and thanks for joining us on Live in the Brain. Oh, it's my honor, Shannon. All the very, very best, and I hope we get to do it again. God bless you. God bless you. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app.